This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. Now, spreading freedom across the nation, this is The Buck Sexton Show. Team Buck, welcome to the Freedom Hut. Donald Trump is our 45th president. It is official as of a couple minutes ago, I believe. Our new commander-in-chief is speaking right now. Let's take it live. The forgotten men and women of our country will be forgotten no longer. Everyone is listening to you now. You came by the tens of millions to become part of a historic movement, the likes of which the world has never seen before. At the center of this movement is a crucial conviction that a nation exists to serve its citizens. Americans want great schools for their children, safe neighborhoods for their families, and good jobs for themselves. These are just and reasonable demands of righteous people and a righteous public. But for too many of our citizens, a different reality exists. Mothers and children trapped in poverty in our inner cities rusted out factories scattered like tombstones across the landscape of our nation. An education system flush with cash, but which leaves our young and beautiful students deprived of all knowledge. And the crime and the gangs and the drugs that have stolen too many lives and robbed our country of so much unrealized potential. This American carnage stops right here and stops right now. We are one nation, and their pain is our pain. Their dreams are our dreams, and their success will be our success. We share one heart, one home, and one glorious destiny. The oath of office I take today is an oath of allegiance to all Americans. For many decades, we've enriched foreign industry at the expense of American okay, industry. Okay, so I'm going to come in here because I, I, I don't know how long this is going to go. Um, but you get you get the idea. He he took the he took the oath. Uh, he's he is now president of the United States. Uh, it's it's amazing. 
I think we'd all have to agree with that. It is amazing. It is quite a state of affairs with a Trump presidency. Now, I, I have to be honest with all of you. I find it. It is true. People say things are hard to believe or unbelievable. They're incredulous. It does feel somewhat hard to believe in so many ways uh, based on where he came, uh, where he came from in the course of the election, where it was a laugh line to talk about the Trump presidency at the start of the primary. And then later on, it was uh, never going to happen. He was never going to be able to defeat Hillary Clinton. And now here we are. I hope that he does a really good job. I think that there's a lot of reason to believe that there will be some excellent decisions made by the government in the months ahead. But we will have to wait and see on all of that. A Trump presidency is a real thing now. As a New Yorker as well, I have to tell you, and as somebody who had some interactions with the Trumps growing up, this is something that would have been a, a punchline in a movie in the 90s that you know, President Trump, it just never would have never would have occurred to anybody that somebody who was so uh, received so much attention in the press, particularly for his personal life and uh, was just a, a fixture on page six and in the tabloids, social Whatever, whatever we call them, uh, gossip columnists. There we go. <laughs> Social commentary writers, gossip columnists, writing about Trump and his family and the things he said. I, I heard an interview. I forget even how it popped up in my feed, but maybe a week ago, of Donald Trump arguing for about twenty minutes on the Howard Stern show with a gossip columnist, as it turns out, who was a, a guy over who was sleeping with a. Playboy Playmate first or something along those lines. It, I don't know. And he's the president now. And I actually think he's going to do a good job. <laughs> I, know it's, I, I think he'll do some very good things. I know he'll be better than Hillary Clinton. So there's, there's that. He will be better than Hillary Clinton would have been. I, I feel very strongly about that. I also have the, the mixed, emo, well, not the mixed emotions, but the, the recognition that Obama, and I'll get back to Trump in a second. I'm just sharing with you my top line, broad stroke, 30,000 foot view of all this stuff. That Obama uh, is no longer president. It's been eight, eight years. It feels like an eternity. We had all these people in the Obama government that were constantly uh, frustrating those of us who wanted a more honest discussion of what Republicans and Democrats disagreed on with under the Obama administration was eight years of you know, some people want everyone to not have health care and and they want people to get sick and die and they're mean and they don't care other people want Obamacare this is the way that arguments were posed time and again this is the way that they would uh, position themselves and we had to just sit there and listen to it there was no choice if you wanted to follow what the government was doing and follow the news Obama was constantly, constantly out there uh, speaking in a tone that I think we'd have to all agree is condescending if you're a conservative, if you're a Republican or even a libertarian, even a Democratic or even a Democrat centrist. Obama's gone. I saw some of the 
some of the uh, pictures on social media last night of offices that no longer had the Obama framed portrait up in the government. And they've cleared out the White House and you're not going to have a Democrat president for at least four years, maybe eight. It's finally sinking in, isn't it? There was that day of disbelief for many of us. And, and when I say disbelief, I don't mean that it was bad. I, I thought it was good. I just couldn't believe it. The way that some people feel, I assume, when they think they've won the lottery. There's no way. I'm not saying this is as awesome a feeling as, as that would be, but it's just hard to take in the reality. And now here we are, and it is it is a reality. Donald Trump is, is the president of the United States. Uh, his daughter, Ivanka, is now one of the most powerful people in the world. <laughs> and her husband, as well, is a top advisor to the Trump administration, Jared Kushner. I, I had forgotten this. I sat down with uh, Kushner maybe four years ago uh, in a meeting with uh, a Blaze executive. It was just the, just the three of us. I just chatted about media, where everything is going, and thought maybe I'd write some pieces at the time for The Observer. I didn't get around to doing that. But I remember speaking to Jared. He's very, very, uh, very cordial and well-mannered. That's really all I remember. Um, but now these people are running the whole show. It is pretty amazing. Uh, I remember meeting Trump for the first time when I was, I think, in the ninth grade. It might have been in the eighth grade. And I told him that I was going to a party and I was going with his daughter. And he said something like, you look like, a, you know, he was, he was kidding, obviously. He's like, you know, you're a guy who can handle himself. You know, take, make sure you, you kids stay out of trouble, something like that. So he was nice to me. You know, I don't really have much recollection of it other than that. And this guy's now the president. I, I just would not. Who, who could have thought after all the times where it was talked about and. All right. The. the the moment of uh, of shock is wearing off. I, I just watched it. I, I, I watched and, and heard it live as he was sworn in, and then we played for you some of his first speech. It is going to be quite a change in D.C. now. That I think we can all agree on. There will be a very different tone, a very different feeling in that city than there's been uh, for the last eight years. And... Trump has a tremendous ability right now, if, should he choose to do so, to accomplish many of the things that conservatives want. I think that his pick for uh, Secretary of Defense, his pick for Vice President, and the list of judges he would put up for the Supreme Court, those are all things that are at least beginning to win over some of the skeptics on the on the right. I think he can win over quite a bit more. Don't know what exactly he's going to do. This is going to be, I think, something of a wild ride. Even if he sticks to the script that he himself wrote during the campaign and tries to keep the promises that he made to the American people, even if he does all of that, there will be tremendous hurdles. I mean, the media, as you know, is at all-out war with him. I saw a piece last night in the Washington Examiner that 25% of federal government employees said they're going to quit or retire because of Trump's presidency. Now, that's this is sort of like all the celebrities who say that they're going to move to, Cal move to, move to California. They're in California. They're going to move to Canada if the wrong person wins the presidential election, then they never go. 
federal government employees. Maybe some of them will retire, but guess what? They were going to retire anyway. None of them are going to quit their jobs because they don't want to work for Donald Trump. The pay is too good. The expectations, generally speaking, are, let's say, to be polite, too attainable. And the benefits packages and all the rest of it are too enticing. They're not going anywhere. But it does go to show you that 25% of the federal workforce, according to this poll, how accurate is it? We'll have to, we'd have to dive deeper into the numbers. But that they would consider leaving the government because this individual is president before he's done anything. I have to say, it tells you a lot about the leftward turn that the government apparatus, the bureaucracy, the fourth branch of government has made. And here we are. Here we are, America. Donald Trump is president. I'm, I'm smiling to myself and I'm staring out across uh, the street here in New York City and I just am trying to acclimate to this new reality. It just feels weird. Is it really going to change your life or my life in a day-to-day -day sense in the near term? No. Will there be some things that Trump does that, that, uh, that do affect the lives of many Americans? Uh, yes. Yes, I think that's coming. It's certainly not going to be the long, dark night of fascism that some of the protesters. We'll get into some of the protest stuff in a few minutes. But in the meantime, Trump is president. What an astonishing turn of events. It really happened. Not only did he win, despite the Russia dossier and all the media stuff and fake news and Comey at the FBI, the Hatch Act, all the stuff they've been throwing out there. Didn't stop it. Trump got sworn in. 45th president, commander-in-chief, four-year term. Wow. All right, team, we'll be right back. This is the Buck Sexton Show. On the Blaze Radio Network. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. Sexton, the Blaze Radio Network. So uh, there's, of course, there's, of course, a number of there are, of course, a number of protests going on in D.C. right now. I've seen uh, photos of protests. This great moment protests. together. Wait, what's this? Why am I hearing stuff? OK, uh, I'm hearing protests um, that there's been some violence and there's a big photo up on drudge of somebody got hit in the back of the head. He's bleeding. Uh, our our old friend Pete Hegseth, who's a Fox Fox News contributor, interviewed some of the protesters on Fox. Uh, they, of course, are yelling, you know, F the police, F Trump, anarchy now. Really helpful stuff. You know, the sort of deep philosophical political thoughts that the founding fathers would have been proud to call their own. 
but let's just play some. Of, let, let's play this this audio. This is our friend Pete Hexeth over at Fox News interviewing protesters down in D.C. Here's what we get. Show it's closed. This checkpoint is closed. This checkpoint is closed. This checkpoint is closed. This checkpoint is closed. This doesn't sound like Pete. Do we have Pete or not? This checkpoint is closed. No, no, no. This is Shaman. This is the wrong audio. So I need I need Pete Hegseth. I sent the we sent this clip this morning. This is, this is a funnier one. Uh, they're yelling this checkpoint is closed. I don't even. Okay, uh, that's fine. Let's see if we have. Um, let me know. This when young you, when man, you, get it. you were participating in the fire. What's your name? Uh, my name's Carter, and I actually start, kind of started this fire. So why'd you start that fire, Carter? Uh, it's Carter. Sorry, why'd you start that fire? Because I felt like it, and because I'm just uh saying, screw our president. Okay, well. So they're starting fires, and I don't know. Maybe we'll get Pete on after the break. We can't seem to find find that clip right now. But the uh, they're they're causing all kinds of problems. They're saying stuff that is uh, just insane. And what I find so fascinating is when you point out that there are people marching in the streets in D.C., all you have to do is point it out. You say there are people marching in D.C. claiming that the results of an election are fake and they do not accept them. Not That's what not my president means. And they're wearing, in some cases, masks, even gas masks, and causing property destruction and some violence. When you point this out, people who aren't doing that stuff get mad. And they don't get mad because you're smearing the entire Democratic Party with these loons, while they could take that approach. They just seem to get mad that you're pointing out that this is what happens when a Republican wins. doesn't happen when Democrats win. Didn't happen when Obama won. You didn't have this stuff. You didn't have marches of people across D.C. that were chanting curses and yelling, not my president, and just generally speaking, refusing to comport themselves like responsible adults. Uh, This is the kind of nonsense that I guess we've all come to expect from the loony left, but what do they really think it accomplishes? I try to put myself in the mindset of these protesters who are in that one instance lighting fires, uh, who are doing these things. And I, I try to get myself into a place where I can understand why this is gratifying for them. And it only works if you've created a completely insane narrative in your head that Donald Trump is... I was going to say the Antichrist, but I don't know if they believe in that sort of thing. Donald Trump is is going to destroy everything that you like in this country. That he's going to be some sort of all-powerful president who only does bad things. And therefore, by standing up against him, you are both showing bravery and wisdom. I don't even think Trump's going to upset liberals all that much on too many things. i got to tell you, there'll be a different uh, approach and certainly a different philosophy than what the Obama administration had But I don't see Trump being a conservative ideologue. I don't see Trump pushing uh, for things that are necessarily going to be so catastrophic to the progressive cause, at least not at first. You'd think maybe they could take a wait-and-see approach, but they are not taking a wait-and-see approach. They are out there in force. And they're making all kinds of noise about this. Shamont, do we have uh, Pete or not? If we don't have it, I'll stop asking for it. But I thought we had it. And I, I want, it was funny. Okay. It was funny because he keeps on 
he he's just asking them stuff and um they ask him stuff and it's their responses we'll, we'll see if we could find a few their responses are are quite amusing and there are a lot of these protests going on across dc the left is on notice that they're no longer going to get their way and see their values reflected from the white house that is true so for some of them that is going to feel like a major change for some of them that alone is reason for protest and being upset and wah wah cry cry all the time uh, the delicate snowflakes of the progressive left are out in full force and unfortunately they are just melting left and right 888-900-3393 freestyle friday is underway team that means action movie quotes are in play we've got awesome guests lined up throughout the show today want to hear from you too give me a call back in a few this is the buck sexton show the blaze radio network Uh, our friend Matt Welch is on the line. He is the editor-at-large of Reason magazine, and he's also co-author of the book, The Declaration of Independence, How Libertarian Politics Can Fix What's Wrong with America. Matt Welch, great to have you, sir. Matt Welch? I'm here. Hello. There we go. Hey, what's up, buddy? I didn't hear you for a second. Good to Hi. have you. So uh, I, I want to I talk to you about all of the things but first, we've got some audio. I think you know Pete Hegseth from over at Fox. He was asking some protesters to explain themselves, and I just love this clip. We want to play it, and I want to hear your thoughts. Let it rip. It looks like this is the stop the Trump pants regime before it starts. Somehow they're going to stop the regime before 12 noon tomorrow when Donald Trump puts his hand on the Bible. I'm going to talk to some of these guys and see what they think. Are you willing to talk? No? Sir, you got these signs. Are you willing to talk to us? Why are they a fascist? Why are they fascist? Trump and Pence are illegitimate. Lots of chants, not a lot of answers. What are you protesting? The United States of America is a country that is based off the opposition of tyrannical governments. Cite the American Revolution for example. Everybody else, they call their popular vote. They call it the vote. They don't call it the popular They call it the vote. I'm a We the People supporter. So if you're for Hillary Clinton, would you acknowledge she campaigned in the wrong states? The majority of people think that he's illegitimate. <laughs> I think you should acknowledge that David Duke was a head member of the KKK. And did Donald Trump not totally disavow uh, David Duke? So where, where, are your, where are your facts? I have the video. We can easily show it to you. David Duke endorsed me? Okay. All right. I disavow. Okay. You shouldn't let people in from countries where terrorists like ISIS are trying to infiltrate our country. What are we supposed to do? We're supposed to, like, make people... Tell us their religion. That's not what America's about. What about Somalia? Is ISIS Al Shabaab? Is Al Shabaab not seeking to commit terrorism from my home state of Minnesota? Absolutely no. They are. You're right. You should perhaps be careful. You're right. You don't have to talk to me if you don't want to. As you can tell, we have a very tolerant group out here. As 
Someone's throwing their phone at me, so that's apparently tolerant as well. Why are you wearing a gas mask and a tactical vest? Are you a... Media always has a way to twist things around. Are you a scuba diver? Absolutely not. You say we live in dangerous times. No, are you talking to ISIS? Are you talking about ISIS? I'm talking about Donald Trump. Do you prefer to live in the Soviet Union? Hell yeah. Stalin would be a hell of a lot better than Trump. Stalin would be better than Trump? Yes, he would. Do you know that uh, Stalin killed 50 million people? Did you know that the population increased 1.6% under Stalin? Russia's accepting visa applications right now. Would you like to go? I'd be Nice thrilled. work from our friend Pete Hegseth there over at Fox News. Matt, wow. Did you know that the population increased 1.7% under Stalin? I, I gotta say, I actually didn't know that. Dude, you know... First of all, I don't think it's, well, I don't know if it's true or not, but go ahead. <laughs> it doesn't sound true to me. Hippie punching is, uh, is, a, is a sport that uh, each team loves to rediscover every eight years. That's, a, that's what I'm going to say about that. You can find a lot of MSNBC uh, hippie punching or actually uh, tricorn hat punching at uh, Tea Party rallies in 2009. You're not going to get smart people at a political rally at all. And the, the, the biggest mistake that these people are making, the protesters, besides not being able to uh, sustain a logical thought for very long, is, <coughs> excuse me, the bronchitis is flaring up again. Uh, I was going to say, this doesn't even sound like Matt Welch today. Are you okay, buddy? You must, you, you're yeah. a trooper coming on the show, even even it's, wounded. It's unclear. Um, no, uh, the problem is the people using the word illegitimate. Because, listen, if you thought that Donald Trump is an incipient fascist, which these people do, that's what they think, that's what they're worried about, if, you, if you're worried about his authoritarianism, and I am, I'm worried about his authoritarianism. I, don't, I have enough faith in America that we're not going to become kind of fascist country, and I don't think he is fascist. But let's say you were worried about him being an authoritarian. What would you do strategically? Right? I'm not talking about would you protest, would you not protest. I'm talking about you would do what you can to buttress, to support the institutions of American life that are outside of the direct control of the president. And one of those institutions is countywide elections, state by state, by county, whatever, precinct by precinct elections. These people are saying that he is illegitimate because they, like John Lewis, are passing along a conspiracy theory, a conspiracy theory that Russia hacked the election. I hate Russia as much as you hate Russia, Buck Sexton. <laughs> and I'm sorry for coughing on your radio show. But didn't hack the election. They released information that, for all we can tell, is, is true. They tried to muck up. I'm sure they wanted Trump to win. I'm sure Putin's happy and all that kind of stuff. But no one got in between us and the voting booth. So the election is legitimate. It's a, it's a reflection of what Americans wanted to vote for. He didn't win a majority of the popular vote because we have an electoral college, damn it. And until you change that, and until I hear you talking about changing that before the election results, you can get stuffed. But if you're running down the legitimacy of the vote, you're running down the very institutions that you need on your side to be a bulwark against anything like creeping authoritarianism. And I see Democrats all over the place tripping on their own business by trying to run down those very institutions that they need. And you got to just deal with the whiplash and the intellectual dishonesty that comes from the, the left, which initially was telling us all, uh, hey, man, you know, Trump better Trump better learn to deal with the fact that Hillary's going to win and he better not undermine our democratic institutions. I there were debate moderators who were asking if he would accept the results of the election. That was supposed to be a big gotcha question because he said things like, well, we'll see what happens. And then everybody was, oh, Trump, it's you know, he's just 
ready to to storm the Bastille or whatever. I mean, it's just crazy. And now we see the other side. But go ahead. That was two weeks of the news cycle in like October. Was that that was leading the news on the nightly news? Will Trump accept the results of the election? Let's ask someone who's never met Trump in their lives, but who's playing a surrogate on him on uh, the cable network. Let's ask them if they think Trump will accept the results of the election. And where are those people now? They're silent. I mean, look at and Chuck Matt- Todd interviewed. <laughs> sorry, Chuck Todd interviewed John Lewis. He's the one who got it, the illegitimate quote. Go listen to that interview. It's amazing. It's like in these dulcet, gentle tones. And uh, John Lewis says, uh, I, I think he's, he's not a legitimate president. And Chuck uh, Todd's like, wow, that's going to send some reverberations, John. Uh, it's like, oh, that's one way to respond to it. Another is, hmm, respond to it the way that you responded to everybody back in October, which is, hold on. You're calling into question the legitimacy of the elections. That's bad for our democratic uh, process and civic institutions. Nobody has had that response. They've had the response instead of John Lewis is an American hero. Donald Trump is running him down. He must be racist. The end. Uh, and it's just yeah. It seems very clear, by the way, that John that John Lewis was the choice to to do this because he is politically invincible and we all understand that right so this is why anybody and and he's not the only one i've said john mccain also because of what he did for his country is not quite as politically invincible but also has been using that to great effect for his own benefit for a long time and to to say that the president is not invincible i mean sorry to say the president is not legitimate is to say some really nasty things about the very institutions that, as you point out, they're going to need to have in place if they want to actually keep Trump from doing the scary things they think is going to happen. And it also reduces their moral authority when they rightly complain that he's full of beans when he says that, you know, uh, that there's maybe two or three million illegal votes in this election. And that's why he didn't win the popular vote, because Lord knows what they're doing in California, which I mean, there's almost not enough adult illegal aliens to make as many votes as he was claiming. And when he says that, that is also running down the legitimacy of our civic institutions and should be called out. But they are defrocking themselves. They're taking the guns out of their own holster by supporting what is a conspiracy theory about Russia at this point. Not that they tried to muck things up. Of course they did. But what did they succeed at doing? Uh, And that is a, a number of leaps of faith. And you're hearing that normally among especially the congressmen who boycotted today's events on uh, the National Mall. But you're hearing this is a kind of normal Democratic discourse. And I think it's just a strategic blunder of epic proportions, as well as a, a beautiful and ever-rich uh, kind of display of hypocrisy for all of us to look at. Now, Matt, we also have a big change, not just Trump as president, but Obama no longer president. You were debating, I see this on Reason.com, you were debating with Jonathan Chait, down at the Soho Forum, which sounds like everybody gets a uh, caramel macchiato when they walk in. Uh, but at the Soho Forum, you guys debated whether Obama was a great president, and you said no. Why? Well, uh, primarily, I think <coughs> sorry, that um, you cannot be considered a great president. There's probably only one president I can think of in history who's widely considered to be great, um, who didn't have an easily understood great achievement in foreign policy. And that would be Abraham Lincoln. He's got other things he had to deal with. Uh, uh, and maybe he did something in foreign policy of which I am not aware. I, I hold that up as a possibility. Um, however, it kind of makes sense. 
Um, and in Chait's book, it, the foreign policy chapter, he doesn't even try. He's sort of like, ah, well, this isn't the strongest area. And I argue you just can't be a great president when you look at what were the, the biggest strategic challenges of his time and how did he do uh, in the fight against radical Islamic terrorism. I would argue that uh, he didn't noticeably improve that thing. Um, you can't really point at any one thing that he did. I mean, I liked, you might disagree, or uh, certain listeners might disagree, the opening to Cuba, uh, the changing of that policy, I think, is, is the correct move. I wish he would have gotten more concessions out of the Castro regime. Uh, but that's kind of small beer in the scheme of things. Our challenges are against spread of radical Islamic terrorism, um, the uh, increasing... Uh, instability in the Middle East, which I think he added to, he didn't subtract from, uh, and then the, uh, the uh, expansionary revanchism of Russia, which he went into, into office. Remember, I mean, in, in 2008, uh, in the summer, that's when Russia was meddling about in Georgia, and the Democratic Convention at the time was all about uh, how you know, Joe Biden saying, we would not let this happen on our watch, and Right, you know, we're going to make Russia pay for its deeds, and, and we're going to treat them differently, and, and part of it by treating them with more respect. And let's see how that's going to work out. Like every single president needs to re- learn that treating Vladimir with respect and Putin with respect, uh, it, you don't win uh, at the end of that. It has nothing to do with his game. He doesn't care about that. Um, so he didn't do anything. And not only that, I mean, look at Afghanistan. Uh, and again, you might have a different view than I do, but like, What's the difference between our situation now in Afghanistan and what it was at the beginning of 2009? One Eight the, more years, more lives, a lot of money spent, and the strategic situation is worse. That's the, that, that is the situation. Those are our people who died. Seventy percent or so, two-thirds of Americans who died in Afghanistan did it in the Obama presidency. That war started, last I looked, in 2001. He was supposed to be not just the anti-war president, but the anti-dumb war president. Meanwhile, and also he was supposed to be, um, this is more of a libertarian analysis, but he was supposed to be uh, the guy who was going to rein in executive power and who was going to only do things that Congress authorized. What he did in Libya was such a thumb in the nose of Congress and violated the war powers resolution to such a degree that when Congress said, hey, look, it's been 60 days, you got to come to us. He responded, no, I don't, because there's nothing warlike going on here. It's a kinetic military action. And it's also one in which he just basically said, "Ah, this one city might be a massacre. So this is our reason to go to war without any kind of plan for what happens afterwards. And he blew up, blew the thing up. I think really rapidly expanded the ability for ISIS to develop and to have territory. Granted, it's hard to do foreign policy. It's hard to deal with anything. You know, there's a lot of different ways that the Obama administration has tried to deal with uh, Syria, Libya, Iraq, Afghanistan, each of them are different in their own ways. But you can't point to any of it as a success, I don't think. Uh, I agree with you, Matt Welch, on that stuff. we got to bounce here. Matt Welch, editor-at-large of Reason Magazine, his latest on Reason.com. Mr. Welch, happy Inauguration Day. Drink some tea with lemon and honey if you think that'll help. I think it will. Good luck to you, Thank sir. You. Feel better. Come back fun. soon. Thank you. All right, team. We'll be right back. Buck Sexton on the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Buck Sexton Show. 
All right, team, it's Freestyle Friday. Phones are open. Action Movie Quote Friday is also in effect. And we have Bruce in Missouri on the line. What's up, Bruce? Hey, Buck, how are you? Good, I, how are uh, you? I'm good. I'm good. It's a good day. Uh, uh, I do have a comment, not on, on today's stuff that I've been listening to while I've been uh, waiting on the phone, but on the, uh, the comments that you were making during Obama's last press conference slash speech the other day. And uh, I had some advantages here because I'm a podcast listener. I've always been a podcast listener uh, ever since the weekend show. Uh, oh, wow. Thank you. Buck. Go team Buck. And Go team uh, Buck. So, so I'm always listening to it the next day. So I had already heard some of, not as much as I heard on your show, but some of what he said. And my initial reaction was exactly like yours. You know, you need to be tenacious, but they weren't tenacious. You need to hold, you know, the president accountable, but they didn't hold the president accountable. When I listened to it on your show and I heard the larger snippet, everything that he says, now I'm never going to ask you, go back and listen to it again, because I wouldn't do that, right? We finally get to not have to listen to it. But having listened to it again while I was listening on your show on the podcast, that entire section was a statement to both the press and to his partisans who are going to be supporting the press we on got 10 what seconds. they're supposed to do for the Trump administration. And, okay, my points. Having you in this building has made us a better administration. Don't move us. Don't move them out, like Trump is saying. All right, thank you, buddy. Hour, hour two. To Buck Sexton I tried. On the Radio Network.